All right, well, we do want to welcome you back to the Going Places podcast, and we've got a good one for you today. Uh, we've got a special guest, as always, uh, someone who I know personally as well as, you know, on the podcast. It's always cool when I get to talk to someone that I know and that, you know, you can really, you know, have that familiar conversation with, but uh, it's someone that... Uh, uh, someone that I consider to be a mentor, someone that, you know, he leads our uh, young men's small group Bible study at Box Solid. As you know, if you remember, we've had Pastor Holden on before. Uh, he's also the defensive coordinator for Gaffney High School's football team, uh, who won the state championship in 2021. And uh, he's also a husband and a dad and a teacher, teaches history at Gaffney. And uh, we're happy to have him on. Bryce Smiley, thank you for being with us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah, so just kind of, you know, introduce yourself uh, to the audience a little bit about what you do, who you are, things like that. All right, um, well, I'm Coach Smiley. First name's Bryce, but most people know me by Coach. Um, I'm from Gaffney. I was born here, and I went to high school at Gaffney. I played football, baseball, did track for a year. Um, went on to play football at Presbyterian College, where I graduated. I majored in social studies and minored in education, and when you pair those together, end up being a history teacher. Um, but I knew from an early age that I wanted to be a football coach, and I had a little league coach that actually told me that you're going to be a great coach one day. And from then on, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. So I took steps to make sure that happened, and the, all those things I just mentioned led to what I knew that I wanted to do. You know, I was fortunate – as a young person to know what I want to do, like so many now, I don't think they do, but I mean, that's okay. But I just knew. So I did that. I went to PC, graduated, played ball there for four years. And the time that I finished up at PC was coach Jones's, who's the head coach at Gaffney now was his first year as the head coach. He had been the defensive coordinator and he had been the outside linebackers coach. Well, he called me and he said, is there any way you could do your student teaching here at Gaffney and coach for me and I was already set up to do student teach at Lawrence High School when I was going to be helping their coach and uh, man it was just after several letters written phone calls made to the state department of education I was granted a waiver to come back home and do my student teaching here and coach varsity football before I'd even graduated college so at the time I don't know that I realized how big of a god moment that that actually was but I look back now and I'm just like, wow, I mean, how blessed was I to be able to do that? How much faith did Coach Jones have in me to do that? And just, you know, the, just the way that God had his hand on my life, even when I wasn't living for him, I think speaks speaks a lot. And even for me right now, just thinking about it and saying it out loud, it's like, you know, God had his hand on me then. Well, not to spend too much time there, I, I, I've been at Gaffney since 2010, since I was student teaching and coaching. This is where I've been. I met my wife, Rachel. She has a very different story <clears throat> that led her to Gaffney. Um, but we met at Gaffney High School. Uh, we both, you know, love sports. We both love young people. Uh, we started dating, and then, you know, within within a year or so, we were engaged. I mean, I, I knew, you know, I'd never, I don't know, I'd never told another woman that I loved them, you know. I, but when I, when me and her were dating, I just knew. And, you know, I shared that with her and asked her to marry me at Jerusalem Project. And we got married and 
now we have a little girl and it's crazy and it's great to see that you know during football season how how much of a supporter that that Rachel is she she loves it she loves it as much as I do and she really carries a, a you know a, a coach's wife coach's wife has a heavy load during during the season and so she does a great job with that and I could definitely couldn't do what I do without her and um so yeah that's kind of the introductory part I think absolutely well I mean just in that little you know three minute blow up you said right there and that's just kind of roughly going over it I can see you know God's hand in so many different aspects of that I mean the fact to you know be a teacher and a coach on the varsity football team and you haven't even graduated college right that's that's something that's you know very unheard of yeah it it, but, it is it's very unheard of but that's just faithful though it is it is and, and I'm thankful for that yeah so when you talk about you know that journey through that knew you wanted to teach knew you wanted to you know coach and things like that uh you got your degree in social studies or history um that's something that for me i love history that's always been my favorite subject since i was in elementary school so where did that kind of love start there where wow. you were just interested in that with something i, you I really don't know i mean my dad liked history i remember him saying that that was his favorite i did have a really good teacher in 11th grade his name was gary bordona um he he did a, he he was a great us history teacher so that was probably some of it and and I, you know i don't know if it was just my dad saying he liked history so i thought okay i'll like history too but i tell you the 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 really the love of history didn't really develop until i was in college i mean wow. here's the thing right most coaches are pe teachers right or driver's ed well pc didn't offer physical education as a major so i couldn't be a pe teacher so my only option was if I'm going to coach, I got to teach. I'm here playing football at PC, so let's be a history teacher. And as I was there, I really did grow to to love history. Yeah. And um, so I think that's probably where, it, you know, there were a couple of little sparks early in my life, like with my dad and then with that teacher I mentioned. But really for me growing to love it wasn't until I got in college and actually started studying it, reading books and things like that. That's cool. Yeah. Is that something that – is there like a particular area of history that you enjoy teaching the most or enjoy maybe teaching yourself on? I I mean, I really enjoy U.S. history. That's what I taught for five or six years at Gaffney. Um, but as far as within that, I love the civil rights. I, I just love the civil rights and yeah. Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and just that, you know, that time period. And it that is probably my, my bread and butter, but if you want to just broaden a little bit, like I, I love the 60s. I, we actually, I actually had a reading course at PC. It was, oh, wow. it was just a, it was called a reading seminar, and we read 10 books in 10 weeks. You, got, you could take one book off, but you had, if you, so you read nine of them. Um, you read a book, you met that week, and you discussed it, and then you did the next week, and that's what you were graded on. You were graded on your discussion. And during that week, that course was on 1960s America. Wow. So, so Vietnam, stuff like Vietnam, that. Vietnam, the Kennedys, um, you know, the whole acid rage yeah. out in California, um, hippies, Janis Joplin, um, a lot of stuff. So yeah. That's awesome. That's cool because actually, you know, all that stuff is things I'm interested in. Well, I really enjoyed this year. I've always loved ancient history too and like ancient civilizations and watch it kind of the – you know, watch, see how you start out at this and you end up with something else. Because, uh, you know, we just studied, and even before we studied in school, I would, you know, read about it and watch, you know, documentaries on it myself, but like uh, ancient Sumo, ancient Mesopotamia, mm. Egypt, and then you have like the false democracies and like uh, Athens and Sparta and things like that. 
I've always been really interested in that, like Rome with Cecil's and all that. I, I think that stuff's very interesting. One thing for me, and it goes back to college, and even in high school, I didn't take that subject. It's not a requirement. Yeah. World history is not a requirement. But in college, I took it as a freshman, and, and my professor, I'm not, I won't name her name in case she was to ever see this. I don't know where she's at now, but she was just very, very boring. And she had an accent. Um, it was eight o'clock. Eight. It was an eight a.m. class. It was just. It was tough. You it was know. Tough, it was just. Yeah. It wasn't a great setting for me to learn and appreciate that topic. I think now, if I could go back, and even if I had a better understanding, or even maybe even a better setting. I won't say better professor because I think she was smart, but she just was. Her accent made it tough, and it was eight a.m. on yeah. a Monday. I mean, so that's tough. Yeah. And one thing, you know, you talk about the 60s. That's cool, too, because did you see uh, Jesus Revolution? I, I didn't see that. I, I wanted to. It but was incredible. I heard I heard that. But it takes place to the 60s and early 70s, right at the hippie movement. Yeah. And, then, you know, like drugs going in a lot. And I thought that was really cool because, you know, my parents grew up in that era. So I thought it was really cool. And I watched it with my mom. So <laughs> I thought that was fun. Yeah. So, uh, you know, talking more about, you know, athletics and coaching and things like that. Played sports your whole life. Was there a moment when you really just fell in love with it, or was it just kind of something that kind of through your childhood you just loved? I'm going to go with the second. Probably just it, – it was probably in my DNA. My dad was a sports guru. I mean, and, and like my wife, you know, she comes from the mountains. And when I say the mountains, I mean the mountains. We're up there – Like Appalachia? The, yeah, she's, she's from, she's from Nanahala, which is, you know, it's in the Appalachian range. But – you know, the, her her school is so small that they only had a few sports. I mean, they don't have enough people to have a baseball team or a football team. So they had basketball, they had cross country, and volleyball. I mean, you know, where I come from, golf, tennis, football, baseball, yeah. everything. So growing up here, like, my dad watched every – there was a sporting event on television. We were watching it. Tennis, golf, racing, baseball, football. We just watched it. And, I, you know, I grew up – around that and then I started playing baseball when I was five I started playing football when I was eight started playing basketball when I was nine and I played those three sports up until ninth grade when I let go of basketball and just played baseball and football and then going into my senior year I gave up baseball and uh only reason I ran track my senior year was just to have something to do really my dad had a rule that if I was playing a sport I didn't have to get a job so I decided I was going to do track my senior year, plus try to keep up my speed for, for college. Yeah. But I, I just love it. I, I love sports. I love the things that it can teach you. Now, I'm obviously, I coach football and I enjoy it, but I really enjoy playing golf now, and I, I enjoy fishing. Some yeah. people wouldn't, may not call that a sport, but, I mean, I enjoy fishing as much as anything, and you can compete doing that too. So I think more than anything, Camden, as much – I love competing. Like, mm -hmm. I love to compete at checkers, at hunting Easter eggs. You know, we have my little one-year-old girl out hunting Easter eggs, and I'm trying to show her where all the money eggs are while she's battling with her cousin. You know, he's over here. I'm trying – you know, that's just yeah, me. It's just it. It's just me. You know, I just love to compete. And the things that sports and competing can teach you, I, I really think it's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I think everyone that I know that's a coach – I actually know several coaches. They all teach me – they all tell me that it's not – you're not just coaching the sport. You're coaching life lessons through it at the same time a lot of times. And I love that. But I'm the same way as you. You know, I played – you know, I've I've loved sports my whole life. I I probably watch it more than I play it. But you know, I played baseball for all through middle school pretty mm -hmm. much, and I ended up letting go of that because I just you know I wanted to do other things. But I, I'm I'm like you. I'm a very competitive person. Probably not in a bad way, but yeah. maybe so. But, Mine's definitely been in a bad way before. <laughs> so I, I think I've gotten better. I yeah. do think I've gotten better as I've 
gotten married and I have a little girl. My, my wife, she's quick to kind of tell me to ease up, ease up sometimes. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And that's, what would you say that, you know, what is something that, and that kind of leads into my next question. You know, I've heard you talk about, and I'll, you know, Bible study before that, you know, when you have kids and when you get married, you know, that you were kind of more self-centered in a lot of ways. And that, that when that happened, that kind of weirded you in a little bit. How does, you know, maybe, you know, being a football player and, you know, living that, you know, life versus, you know, being a husband and a dad, how does that kind of all kind of overlap each other? Because I think about it, teaching, coaching, you know, <coughs> being married, being a dad, those are all things that kind of interlock with each other. There's a lot of similarities. i tell you what's crazy, Camden. We could put a little timeline together here. So, like, when I was playing sports, I was always a part of the team. So I don't think I was as selfish during those years because I was so used to understanding that it wasn't just about me, it was about others. You know what I'm saying? And you think I, – I graduated college in 2000 and – well, 2009, 10 area. I finished playing in 2009. So from 2009 until I got married in 2019 – I'm bad with years. So if she hears this, I hope she don't get upset. I'm just super bad with knowing years. But from 2009 to 2019, I was not a part of a relationship, a serious relationship – or a team. Now, I was a coach, and I knew that I had a role. But you think about that 10-year period, it was all about me. Like, I was living on my own or with my brother. I did what I wanted to. I, you know, I didn't have to answer yeah. to anybody. I didn't, you know. So, I think during that 10-year, I probably, probably became a little more selfish, you know. And then when I got married in 2019 or started dating and got married, like, I, it, I had to kind of go back and – remember some of those team things like okay it's not about me anymore and I still struggle with that from time to time like when I get hungry I want to eat yeah. you know but it's not always about when I want to eat it's about when we are ready to eat as a family or I'm ready to go to bed you know well we got a little girl that's got to be taken care of you know our lives are busy we're here last night we were here till 8 30 8 40 I go home I go pick up my little girl and get home you know it's just it's, it's life. So I think I think playing those team sports and then being a part of a relationship and then bi just just biblically, I mean, if you're trying to imitate Christ, I mean, you know, I have a picture in my wall. I think Pastor Holden actually gave it to me, but it it's uh it's this picture and it says more Jesus, less me. Mm. You know, and I mean, it's that simple. It's that simple. You know, less me, less me, and that's a hard thing for us to wrap our minds around 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but that's really, it should always be in our minds. You know, more Jesus, less me. More Rachel, less me. More Rosa, less me. More Camden, less me. Because as Christians, we're called to serve others. Yeah. And our society does not send that message. Our society says, serve us, serve me first. And that's the exact opposite, you know. And I, I think for that 10-year window, I was living in that serve me mindset and I've had to get out of that you know absolutely and one thing that I think of I believe that maybe more than maybe even 50 years ago but society as a whole definitely preaches more selfishness oh, just yeah. because it's and even as a good thing in a way maybe not ill-intentioned but when we say things like you know you got to take care of yourself false and all this and you know what maybe if you're just a wolf outside the pack just running around but you know we're also called as Christians to love your brother as you love yourself. And so when I hear, you know, love yourself and things like that, that as much as I'm going to do that, that means I need to love others. So 
that's something that, because you're talking about being a team, it's like, well, we're on a team as, you know, the family of God, and we got to look after each other, and we got to, you know, support each other, and just consider each other. Yeah, I was reading the Good Samaritan story as part of my reading today, and the guy, you know, the religious expert basically is trying to test Jesus, like, you know, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, you tell me. You know, you're an expert in their Old Testament. He says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, yes, yeah, so let me tell you a story. So he tells a story about the Good Samaritan. You know, the first guy walks by the guy laying on the road. The second guy walks over and looks and then walks by. Well, then here comes this Samaritan. And he goes over there and kneels over and takes care of the man and treats his wounds. And Jesus asks the religious expert, he's like, so who's, your, who's the neighbor in the story? And he's like, you know, but that's what we're called to do. And, you know, I... I guess I have mixed emotions about the say and take care of yourself. If if you got Jesus in you, you know He'll take care of you. And if you got Jesus in you and you're spending time with that relationship, that is taking care of yourself. So while you're spending quality time with God daily, He's gonna fill you up. So to me, that is taking care of yourself. So when you do that, that allows you to take care of others. Yeah. But taking care of ourselves in a worldly approach versus taking care of ourselves spiritually. To me, they're very different things. Yeah. And I think that's where people get confused. They, they don't realize that taking care of yourself, if you're taking care of yourself spiritually, Christ will overflow out of you. And that takes care of everything. Yeah, so, amen. And hopefully, you know, I mean, the most you could take care of yourself would be make sure that you're right with God and you're spending time with Him. 100%. So that's, just like you said, that's how you're taking care of yourself. But at the same time, it's like, and with other people, you know, you're going to be happy in service to other people. You're going to be happy taking care of your wife and kids. You're going to be happy, you, you know, go. being there for your friends and, you know, making sure that they know that you're there for them. Yeah. So it's all kind of a big circle. What are some lessons that, I mean, I'm sure that's one of them, but both, you know, spiritually as much as you can and also just life, what are some lessons that you want to teach people that you're teaching, whether it be your daughter, whether that be your students, your players, what, what is something that you want to teach them sports well i'll tell you something i heard here at church and they these people probably don't even know that i heard it i don't know if i should mention their names or not um but there's a family at our church that um they've adopted some kids or fostering some kids and uh i heard him walking by the nursery i was greeting one morning and i heard him tell his kids to be kind and i've never heard anybody tell their kids that i've heard them say be good today you know hey be good today boy or be good today but i've never heard a parent say be kind. And I got to thinking about that and just really, really spoke to me. Like, that's what I want my daughter to do. I want her to be kind to people. I was not a kind person. And there's sometimes today that I'm not as kind as I need to be and should be. So I want to teach her to be kind to people. Like, just, just be kind. Like, and I think that's such a foundation of Christianity, but how many people can you truly say are just kind, you know, all the time, you know, and so I guess that's one thing, um, you know, doing what's right. I think we all have an idea about what's right and wrong. Some people have more of an idea than others because they're taught it. But teaching these young men that I'm with, coaching, like teaching them what is right is a big part of it, and then encouraging them to do what's right. And I think that's something else. Um, teamwork, you know, teamwork. Teamwork. A family is, is a team, and 
you know, Rachel and I, we are a team. And when we're on the same page, things run a whole lot smoother than when we're not. And that's the same thing in a football team, a business organization, a school, any entity where there's more than one person, you're a team. Whether you like it or not, it's a team. So you have to work together. Well, how do you do that? Communication. You know, communicate. With our football players, we're all about communicating. You know, in a family, it's got to be about communicating. In the church, it's got to be communication. And that's something Rachel and I have really focused on is communicating. But, uh, you know, those are just some of the things that I feel like, you know, working hard, doing what's right, communicating, working together, and then just being kind to people. And, that, you know, all of those are areas that I can grow, I can assure you. Absolutely. So When you talk about, you know, that, because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said communication. I think anytime you're in a group, whether that be a team, whether that be a family, a church, you know, a fun group, anything like that, that's something that's – crucial really because you know it's like whether that's a family or a team if one of the players and I'm I'm probably gonna go out on a limb and say this has happened at some point in your career well one of the players on the team thinks more highly of themselves than the team and they start acting out and wanting to you know make it more about them than the team you got to reel that in you know if you and your wife you know if you know Warren starts making it more about them and making choices based on them and what looks good for them. That's not going to help the relationship. That's going to make it worse. And that's 100% right. I mean, both of those examples are spot on, 100% accurate. I mean, I can think of – and then, you know, that, that, that happens day to day sometime. I mean, let's just talk about both instances. So, football player, right? I've got two different kids I'm talking about. I'm not going to say either name. But both kids were great as juniors. Both of them, great, great football players, great teammates, great leaders. But then between the junior and senior year, something happened. And I know what the something is. The something is outside people. Outside people start to see that kid as, oh, okay, I might can use him to, to get somewhere or whatever. So these people, these adults start getting in those kids' ears. And now all of a sudden, that their senior year, that kid is selfish. That kid's all about themselves. That kid's all about me, me, me. So if that kid feels like we're not setting up something for him to make a play, it's, it's, it's trouble. And it, it comes from other places. It doesn't come from that kid. And I think you can go look at that in mine and my wife or any, any marriage. It can be the same thing. You know, if you're, if, if you're not spending time with God, consistently being reminded of your role as a husband or your role as a wife, then you can, you can be distracted, whether that be by a TV show, by social media, and you can start to take these selfish thoughts in, these selfish reminders in that the world throws at us constantly that, hey, it is about you. She should be doing this. Or, you know, for her, it should be, he should be doing this. That's his job. It's not my job, you know. And I think a lot of times that happens when we're, when we're not plugged in to God and consistently being reminded of what his word says. Absolutely. And, you know, staying the word is really important, you know, especially for a family. What does it look like from a spiritual standpoint of, you know, making sure that you're where you need to be with God, but also, you know, discipling your family, discipling others. What does that look like as far as, you know, making sure they're strong spiritually? I tell you, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard because it changes as seasons change. And I'll just give you a blunt, real example. So we went on a little trip over spring break, right? Well, that changed my routine. My routine normally is get up between four and five, I spend 30 to 40 minutes in God's Word, and then I take a shower, and then I start preparing everybody's breakfast and lunch for the day. It's just what I do. 
Well, when we were on our vacation, like I didn't do that. I didn't get up and spend 30 to 40 minutes in God's word. And I really could tell the difference. And I, I told Rachel, I was like, I, I said, I got to figure out a way when we're on trips to, to I, I got to get up earlier than y'all if, so I can do this. You know, I got to get up. And I, I just think that's, I think that's big. Um, but as far as in, encouraging them, I'll, I do believe this. I don't believe that I can be the husband or father that God has called me to be, which is what you're talking about, that spiritual leader that encourages them, that that ensures that they're doing what they need to do too. I can't do that if I'm not doing it myself. Yeah. So, like, for me, I was not the best husband because I wasn't being the best Christian. And I think it works in order. You got to be the best Christian so that you can be the best husband and the best father. And so for me, it's all about discipline and it's all about taking care of your walk, your relationship, so that you can do it for them. What's something that you've learned recently? Whether in, in like regards to this stuff, what's something that that you that that maybe you weren't doing that you started doing, or maybe something that you know God revealed to you, or something that something that you just kind of learned recently in that. Wow, that's a spot question. There probably would take a lot of thought. I think for me, and this, I don't know that I've, I don't know that it's something that I've learned. Maybe it's something I've been reminded of that it's hard to form a routine, but once you break it, it's it's easy to break, but it's hard to form. So, like, like my routine, right? From January to two weeks ago, my routine was pretty stable. It was get up between four and five work out some days, read my Bible every day, 30 to 40 minutes, and then make breakfast. Well, spring break threw a big wrinkle in. So now my routine was shot during that time. So the past two days have been tough. So like this morning, woke up late, right? Read my Bible, but I did it at school, you know? So it's just like, now I got to get back into that routine. So I guess that's something I've been reminded of is like forming a routine is is hard and then once you have it it's pretty easy to keep but once you break it it's like now i gotta start over does that make sense yeah, absolutely and i i mean the word is discipline i don't know how discipline applies to the answer of the question but um so maybe being more disciplined i think achieving the discipline is the harder part for me than maintaining it okay once i can get it going I can pretty much keep it. Another thing too, rolling with rolling with punches or rolling with different things is hard for me. Like Rosa, right, our little girl, she's going through this phase where we're trying to make sure she's sleeping through the night. I might plan to get up at four thirty tomorrow morning, but if I'm up with her for four hours, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. So what do I do? Do I sleep or do I do I get up? And it's like, I don't. I don't. I mean. I don't know, you know, it's just, it's life, it's life. And that's, I was talking to my brother today just about life. It's, there, there's hard times in every single phase of your life. Teenager, young 20s, mid 20s, engaged, married, first kid. There, there's, there's always going to be hard times. It's how we react and respond and where our priorities lie. And to be honest, you know, our priorities, they need to be on the relationship with God first and everything else but so many times that don't fall first you know it's like okay my wife and kid i gotta take care of them right now i'll read the bible later you know i mean it's 
and I, I was thinking about it this morning. Like, so this morning I got up and I chose to just go straight to getting bottles ready and breakfast ready instead of reading my Bible. But then I got thinking, like, if I had read my Bible, would I have had time to do the other stuff? You know? So does it make it wrong that I got up and went straight to that, or is it just – that makes like – Yeah, absolutely. I get what you're saying. It's like I'm going to be late to school if I decide to read because I have to get the other stuff done, you know? I don't know, man. It's a battle. Yeah, it's, it's a like, battle. Maybe this is – like, these are things that you have to be done, and these are things that you know, your family relies on that other people rely on. You technically could do this later. But at the same time, you know that this is important too. Yeah. So you kind of have to battle those two things. Well, if I'd done it this way, well, what if I did it that way? Yeah. Yeah. What is when you, you know, obviously, you know, on Monday nights, you know, that's something that I really enjoy because, you know, I think everybody's on the same page because it is on a Monday. Because, you know, you have people that they may go on Sunday and Wednesday, but go on Monday, that's different. That's like making a, a choice that I really want to take an extra time, want to take an extra night of my week to really get serious with God. And, you know, we get into the world, we'll read whatever, you know, we read the last week and we'll go over that and just talk about that. That's something that for me was really important because, you know, like you did, I grew up in church. You know, I've always said I was saved. I always believe I was, you know, saved from a younger age. But I would say in the last year or so, and, you know, Box Solid was a big part of that too, but a lot of it was just personal choices that I realized the importance of realizing that this is important and making that choice that I'm going to put effort into that. Was there a moment in your life when you realized the importance of it and that you had to start making that choice to really be intentional about following God and spending time with him? Yeah, there was. And I don't, you know, I'm not a date person. Some people can tell you the exact moment, the time, the day. Yeah. I can't. I, I can just tell you that I was just living completely in the world and all that that entails. And Holden asked me to go fishing. I had the boat, so I took Holden fishing to Lake Murray. We striper fished. It rained. We didn't catch much, but we talked. And I don't know if it was the next day or if it was a couple Sundays. I know that I went to church the next day. That was a Saturday. I know that I went the next day, but I don't know if it was that day or if it was another week or so. But I was at I was in a church service at North Point here in Gaffney, mm. and we were uh, they were playing the final song or two, and it was just. Pastor Jack at North Point calls it a moment of crisis. And that was a moment of crisis for me. I, in that moment, I realized that the things I was doing was wrong. And the things that I was doing was not honoring God. They were not honoring my father and my mother. They were not honoring who I said I was. And I cried and I cried. I cried. I didn't go down front. I didn't go talk to anybody, but I talked to God right there in that spot. And from that moment on, I realized that I needed to do things different. And that started with spending time with God and trying to be obedient to what the Bible says. And from that moment on, I've failed, but I've tried. And I have grown a lot from that moment. And I've been able to kick things out of my life that I struggled with. And so I think it's that moment. And I, I think everybody's got to come to that moment. And there's friends of mine, there's family of mine that I'm praying for that moment for them. Mm -hmm. I want it to hit them like it hit me. And I want, and I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, you know. Absolutely. I think that's a big part of it. But when I look at your life and, you know, all the different things, 
that have happened, but also look at, you know, the positions you're in. It's like even when you weren't doing what you knew God wants you to do, he still was like, had his hand on you, still was opening up doors for you, and just things like that. And oh, I think that shows the goodness of God. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I've had moments like that where, like, you know, I really didn't dissolve that, but it, God let it happen anyway. And you have to be thankful for that. 100%. This is one of my last questions. So when you're in these moments where, you know, you're teaching football players, you're teaching students, you're teaching us on Mondays, what is... You know, maybe something specific that, from a general standpoint, you want everyone that you come across to know. And then I, I want to ask, uh, what would be some advice you would have for me, just as an as you know, you know me. What would be your advice for me, whether it be with life, with podcasts, with careers, with family, with whatever? Oh wow, that's a tough one too. So the first one, uh, what was the first little part of that? What do you want? people who you teach to know about me about or any, about no, no about anything like what when you're teaching them what is the lesson that you want them to take away from it hmm. well I, I i would i would probably go out on a limb and say that there's every lesson is probably a little different but i mean just i guess generally if we're doing bible study i want people to know that god loves them yeah. that jesus died for you that this all makes sense. You, you know, yeah. you can go and study this. You can go and you can decide for yourself. Like, don't take my word for it. Absolutely. Go and look and go and study. It's all there if you want it. Um, I, I guess another thing, too, is so this might answer the question better is I want whoever I'm talking to to know that what I'm telling them I believe in. Yes. I think that's probably a good thing because yeah. that now I can talk about football. I'm teaching you this because I believe it works. When I come here on Monday nights, I'm teaching y'all this because I believe it. You know, Absolutely. in school when I teach my kids about economics and investing, I believe it. Yeah. You know, so I think that's probably the one thing that when I'm teaching something, whether that be fishing, football, the Bible, economics, I want people, the kids or the people to know that I believe in what I'm teaching. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as advice, man, my thing would be just, this is cliche, but it, it's true, and it's not something that I did, but keep God first. I think that's something that don't be distracted by the world. Don't, you know, there's, like we talked about last night at youth, man, young people, there's they're, they're so much potential with young people, but potential can be good or bad. That same potential that God wants to use you for, Satan wants to use you for. And so my thing would be recognize your potential, talking to you personally. Yeah. Rec recognize your potential and recognize, understand that Satan wants to use you just like God wants to use you. So make sure that you're sticking with God and not allowing the world to get into you or yeah. what God has in store for you. Because I think that God wanted to use me at an early age. I really do. I've, I've always had some natural leadership qualities. Uh, I think I had a good heart at that age, at your age. But I think I let the world and my friends, which were a part of the world, I let that get more of me than I did God. And because of that, I let Satan use me instead of God from the time that I was 17 to 20 five 26 something like that seven years so that would be my advice to just try not to do what i did yeah that's definitely something that speaks to me because like i'm 
you know, I've, I've felt like, you know, in a lot of different stages from my life, even like through Youngle, I felt like I've had good leadership qualities. I felt like I've had good potential to do good, but it's just a matter of it's a constant struggle to block out, you know, the wall, to block out, you know, those negative forces that are not wanting you to do that. And, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, battling temptation and, you know, staying clear from that because I have to have tunnel vision on what I know I have to do. Mm. And that's something that in the last six months has been increasingly difficult because it's like, you know, just like, you know, I, I can't remember if it was you or your wife that said this last night. When, you know, I think it was your wife that said, you want the devil that when you wake up to be like, oh, man, here we go. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I feel like the big problem for people, it, I've told this, if the devil's not attacking you, he doesn't see you as a threat. Mm-hmm. We want to be, though. So, and it seems like a lot of times where I was really the most intentional about doing what is right was when I had the most adver- had the most adversary and temptation that came because I would know what I had to do knew what I needed to do but I would have a lot of these other factors that would come and try to disrupt that so where, where I'm at now and even the last two months you know because there's a lot of things that's you know I'm, I just started this new Bible reading plan it's three chapters a day mm-hmm. it's very difficult mm. and you know last week was the first week I did it I loved it but it seems like ever since I started that I had a lot of different stuff that just you know coming at you but, you know, two, I'm helping organize this uh, FCA worship night event. Mm. And that's been, you know, something I've worked on a lot, too. So I'll definitely take that to heart, and I'll definitely do that. But thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your time not just here, but in my life on Monday nights and just everything. So thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're doing this. Keep it up, man. And like I said, if you ever need anything or want me to come back or whatever, Absolutely. I'll be glad to. But, uh, yeah, man, just keep doing what you're doing. This is awesome. Thank you.